Hey, we have been in this new series. We just started it last week called Baptized. Pastor started this series, had an incredible message last week. And I want to encourage you, if you didn't hear it for whatever reason, go back onto our website. You can see all of our messages there. Go back and listen to it about being baptized into the body of Christ. Pastor Jeremiah just mentioned at the end of this month, we're going to finish up this series with a big celebration. We're going to have water baptisms right here in the room. And so if you have not ever been baptized, this is your moment, okay? Make that decision. You can get registered online. I'd love to see tons of people. We already have some people registered, and we're going to be here, and we're going to celebrate their new life in Christ. Hey, um, our pastors are not here today. They actually are out of town. They went to a missions.me conference. We were so glad to send them down to Florida. They got to enjoy some nice weather this week. Um, So I'm here with you today. Uh, We love our partnership with missions.me. We've actually sent teams from our church on missions trips in the nation and around the world through that partnership. So we're glad that our pastors could be there today. But today, I'm going to be with you this morning on Super Bowl Sunday. What a day. Hey, I told our team, I said, this is incredibly hilarious and sort of ironic that of anybody on our team that would be up here on Super Bowl, it's me because I have no idea about football. Okay. I don't have a love for football. I like the food. So that's, that's what I like to show up for. Okay. Y'all, y'all get me. I know a lot of you are wearing your jerseys. I didn't even have a jersey today. Elizabeth said, I'll bring you one to wear. And I said, I'll feel like a fake. So uh, I don't know if you saw my shirt, but it says Sunday because I believe that every Sunday is game day for the best team on the planet. That's why I love to be here. I love to gather. So, hey, for Super Bowl, I want to read you some statistics about the game today. I found this super fascinating. Uh, More than 192.9 million people, adults, are estimated to tune into the game today. That is a lot of millions. Uh, They estimated that $16.5 billion would be spent today and through the weekend and in preparation of Super Bowl entertainment. $16.5 billion. Last year, the average commercial time of just six, uh, excuse me, 30 seconds, $6.5 million for 30 seconds for a company to try to convince you that you need to buy something or that your life is lacking without their service or product, 30 seconds, $6.5 million. And here's the crazy things, those companies will very likely make their money back. Okay, so they're, they're making a wager that they're willing to spend that kind of money for 30 seconds of your time and attention to convince you of something and then we buy into it. 30 seconds. Now, here's the thing. I know that people who love football, they are willing to go to incredibly great lengths to cheer on their team, right? And I'm not knocking football, and I'm not knocking fans, because I think that we can have fun today. I certainly hope that you do enjoy today, and we've even got cupcakes to enjoy after service. But today, what I want to talk about is not just being a fan, but actually being fully immersed onto the team, Getting into the game, not sitting on the sidelines, not watching, not being comfortable, not being entertained, but being in the game. And so the title of my message today is Baptized, Fully Immersed. 
Now that is redundant to say baptized, fully immersed, because all of those words actually kind of indicate very similar themes. The word baptizo, which is in the scripture I'm getting ready to read out of Romans, literally means to dip or to sink it indicates a full immersion into something. The word immerse literally means to plunge oneself into something that completely surrounds or covers. So I want you to imagine a pool of water and you dive headlong into the pool. When you dive in, you are completely saturated. You are completely soaked. There is no part of you when you dive in and you go under the water that is left untouched. And that is what it means to be baptized, to be baptized into the faith with Jesus. So let's take a look at this verse, Romans chapter 6, verses 2 through 4. Now in this verse, Paul is, he's coming up against this argument that, hey, the grace of God allows us to sin. And this is what he says, by no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So what that scripture is saying is that when we become believers in Jesus, we're actually surrendering our lives to him, and it cost us something to be fully immersed. It cost us our life. The scripture there uses the word death. That sounds pretty strong. To be baptized into Jesus' death, that's what the word of God says right there. But we have to be baptized into death. Why? So we can live a new life. Jesus He did not suffer a cruel, painful death on a cross for you and for me so that we could be entertained and comfortable. Leave that for football, right? In Christ and in Christianity and our faith, he is asking us to lay down our life. I love this quote. I read this to my rock group this uh, past week. It's by Mark Batterson. It says, Jesus didn't die to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous. I love that. That's from Mark Batterson's book, All In. By the way, Pastor Suzette, she she loves to thrift shop, and she uh, found that book, All In, by Mark Batterson for like 25 cents, and she snuck it to me. She said, I just thought you would like this book. I'm like, thank you, Holy Spirit. You knew I needed to read this this week. Hey, the life and the power of God that was afforded to Jesus when he surrendered, when he went to death, and when he was resurrected from the grave, God wants to give to you that same resurrection life and power. But in order for that to happen, for us to actually experience resurrection, the thing that once was has to die. Right, that's the whole idea behind resurrection. If you're gonna have a new life in Jesus, you have to die to the old self, and that is baptism. Look at this scripture in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any one of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. 
And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? That scripture is pretty powerful because in order for us to actually experience true life in God, the God life that he intended for you, which is a life of resurrection power, to be a brand new creation, you have to die, right? We die to the old self, we die to our old life, and that's how we can be raised to life as something brand new. The scripture says it a little differently in John chapter 12. Check out this conversation Jesus is having again with his disciples. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. He's actually predicting his death. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and it dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me, that means any one of us who will follow and serve Jesus, must follow me. And where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, Right? He's predicting his death, so he feels the pain of his impending death. My soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, for it was this for this very reason that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Jesus is talking to his disciples, his closest friends, the people he has spent his life with in ministry, and he's telling them, I'm going to die. He's, he's talking about a literal, physical death. Right, And he's preparing them for what is to come. He knew what was coming, and yet he still embraced the cross. Why? For you and for me. Because he knew in that moment that was the very reason he had come. The purpose of his life was to go to his death. And he was so immersed in a relationship with God, his Father, that he literally went to the death. Why? Because in order to be raised to life, he had to die first. And in order that you and I can live a life of resurrection power and be raised to a new life, a brand new person in him, we also must be baptized into his death. Now, I don't know about you, I think most of us would call that pretty radical, right? You've, you live your life knowing that you're gonna face death. But can I just tell you something? What we would call radical Christianity should just be called normal Christianity. What in, I, I don't know what we're thinking if we think that God is going to ask his son to do something and not ask the same of us. Now, I, I don't think that many of us in this room will necessarily go to our actual physical death. I do see that people all over the world have been martyred for their faith. That's happening right now, right? But he does ask us, of us to lay down our life and to be willing to go to the death of our old self so that we can be raised to life. Hey, do you know that every single one of the disciples of Jesus, except for one, died as a martyr, including Matthias, who replaced Judas Iscariot. They all died a cruel, painful death. They were stabbed in the back 
One of them was pushed over the pinnacle of the temple. They were crucified upside down. The only one of Jesus' disciples that did not die because of murder was John the Beloved. And that was only because they tried to kill him and he survived it. Historical texts say that they tried to boil him alive in oil and he lived. And so they exiled him to the Isle of Patmos, which is where he received the revelation, the last book of the Bible. Are we glad that he survived? So we look at the disciples' life. They literally went to the death. And that's what we would call radical. They gave up every single thing for the cause of Christ. They withheld nothing. And yet they spread the gospel of Jesus and they changed the history of all of mankind, including for you and me who are sitting in this room. But it cost them something. It cost them their life. They were baptized into the death of Jesus. Why? So that they could be fully alive. Nothing withheld. Why? Because we were called and they were called to be dangerous to the opponent, to the enemy, to the other team. And you were also called to be dangerous to the enemy. Here's the thing. The disciples, they had no plan B. There was no backup plan. And that's what being fully immersed, being baptized into this life with God truly means no plan B. I want to look at this story of Elisha. Elisha. This is in 1 Kings chapter 19. So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Now Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then he walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there. He ran after Elijah and he said to him, first, let me go kiss my father and my mother goodbye, and then I'll go with you. And Elijah replies to him, go on back, but think about what I have done to you. In other words, he placed his mantle on him and commissioned him to follow him in the ways of the Lord and into this calling of the prophets. So what did Elisha do? So Elisha returned to his oxen and he slaughtered them. And then he used the wood from the plow to build a fire and to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to all of the townspeople and they all ate. And then he went to Elijah to be his assistant. So here's Elisha. His entire future is wrapped up in his livelihood right? He's got fields and oxen and a plow and things were going pretty well for him because the Bible says there were 12 teams of oxen. So it kind of indicates he might've been wealthy. He had a lot to lose. And so when Elisha was commissioned, he could have viewed that life, his life, his financial freedom. He could have viewed all that he had as a backup plan just in case things didn't work out with him into his favor. He could have said, you know what? If the going gets tough with this wild prophet here, Elijah, I can always go back home. And then what does he do? He's faced with some really critical decisions. Do I stay home or do I go follow the prophet? Do do I maintain this life of pretty predictable comfort 
or do I go out and I live in the unknown? Do I keep doing what I know to do to plow the fields or do I go out and I venture into this world where I have no experience and I have no foreknowledge of what is about to come? And what does he do? He decides to follow the prophet. And the scripture right there says he ran after Elijah. There was a sense of urgency. But first, before he did that, he did go back home. I'm sure he cried some tears maybe and said some goodbyes. He didn't know what was coming. But listen to what he did that is just absolutely crazy. It is, it is someone who is all in, that is fully immersed. He slaughtered all of his oxen, all of them. There was nothing left. And then he took it a step further. He took the plow that he was using in the field and he burned it and he cooked his oxen over the fire and he fed the whole entire town. He relinquished every single thing that could have been a backup plan. Every single thing that could have represented financial future or freedom or a plan B. He left it all behind. He actually destroyed it. There was nothing that he could go home to. Why? Because he was baptized. He was dying to himself, to the old life. He was fully immersed. And if you look at the result of Elisha's sacrifice, it is absolutely immeasurable. Why? It says in the scripture that he had a double portion of Elijah's anointing. And then there were more recorded miracles in his lifetime that we read in the scripture than even Elijah. I don't know about you, but I think that sometimes we want to settle for what is convenient, what is comfortable, what is entertaining, what is predictable, when we're faced with the decision to be a follower of Jesus, we often wanna hang on to something that's gonna give us a backup plan. I know this, I know because I like having a backup plan just in case things don't work out. I think that we like the idea of becoming a follower of Christ when we hear the gospel being preached that says, follow Jesus, your life will be better. And it is. I've been a follower of Jesus since I was a little kid. I can absolutely 100% say that my life is better because of Jesus. It is, no question. But I think it's harder for us to say we love the gospel that teaches us to lay your life down, that says, Die for the cause of Christ. Die to the old self. Be fully immersed. Embrace this life that Jesus has called you to. That's a harder gospel to listen to and to love and embrace. When the gospel of Jesus says, go slaughter your oxen and burn your plow and get rid of any other plan and be fully immersed and baptized in Jesus, that is a harder gospel for us to hear. Pastor Justin and I were having a conversation this week and we were talking about how in the Christian life, and in 2023, there's a lot of gospels that people are preaching, and it ain't the word of God. Because they'll say, well, if your church makes you feel uncomfortable and step out of your comfort zone, 
If they talk about laying your life down or giving your finances for the cause of Christ, don't go to that kind of church. Hey, wake up and read the Bible. That is the word of God. That is the word of God that we're gonna preach and we're gonna believe and we're gonna teach because that's what God's word actually says. And it is hard to embrace because we do like the idea of comfort. And what God is saying to us today is that in order to be fully immersed, you cannot withhold. You cannot hold back. I, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I go swimming with my kids over the summer, I wanna get in the pool, but I don't wanna get totally wet, which they think is just ludicrous. But I'm like, don't wet my hair, it gets real big. And so I'm like, oh, staying above water. And it is honestly too much work and not fun because they're like, don't splash mom. Don't get her face wet. And that's how we kind of think sometimes. Like, I want to get in, but not all the way. It's going to cost me something. I might have to give up something. My proverbial hair might get too big. It's the truth, right? It's like if you jumped into the water and you had your cell phone in your hand, how are you going to jump in the water? You're going to try to keep it above the water, right? Because you don't want it to be ruined. And how often do we do that with God? We kind of want to dip our toes in. We kind of want to try this whole Christianity thing out. But we're withholding something from God. And I believe that God has a great purpose for your life. I believe that we are called to make a difference in the world. Do not let the enemy steal from you what God sent his son to die on the cross to give you. Do not fall for the trap of saying, I want the benefits of my relationship with Jesus, but I'm not willing to give him everything. I don't want to fully commit. I just want to dip my toe in. Dipping your toe in is not true baptism into the life of Jesus. What it looks like is embracing him in his death that we die to the old self. I wanna ask you this question today. How much do you love your life? The scripture that we read earlier, what did it say? It said, if you love your life, you'll lose it, right? Because we're clinging to the things that we have created, our, our family and our careers and our finances and all the things that we wanna hold dear to, all the things that we wanna protect, we try to compartmentalize our life and say, well, this is the Jesus, churchy, godly, religious part of my life and this is everything else. I've got this God. No, no, no. A life that is fully immersed and baptized in Jesus says, no plan B. I'm relinquishing it all. I'm withholding nothing from you. And I want you to ask yourself and be honest, have you withheld something from God? Is there something that you have not been willing to give up because it feels like loss? Hey, listen, in this life with Jesus, we have nothing to lose and everything to gain. I was talking to Eric this week in preparation of this message and I said, you know, I feel like this is a hard word for us to hear because it's saying, hey, don't play games with God, go all in. And I just burst into tears and I told him and I will tell you, I don't want to get to the end of my life and say that I invested so much 
of time and money and energy of things that don't really matter for eternity. Right? Because in the Christian world, the only thing that actually matters at the end of our life is what actually counts for eternity. Are you willing to die to the old self? Are you willing to embrace new life in Christ? Or is there something that you're trying to withhold? I'll admit it. We like convenience. We like comfort. We like the path of least resistance. Again, that's for football, right? That's for being entertained. If you're gonna be fully immersed, don't withhold from God any part of your life. Full immersion, baptism, it literally means that no part of your life is untouched by God. Nothing is withheld. And I believe that when we embrace this gospel, the gospel that says we are baptized into the death of Jesus, what we are doing is we are dying to the old self and we come back up, we're a brand new person, not just a repaired version of our brokenness, but we are brand new. We are a new creation, something entirely new that God has created you to be. That is baptism. And I believe that people should be knocking down the doors of the churches all across the world and America because they are hungry for the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And they are hungry for you and I to lead them into the way, into the baptism of death, death to the old self, death to the things that we thought we wanted but that God says, I have something even better for you on the other side. And I believe that that's what God is calling our church to, churches all over this area, all over our nation, all over the world, to be full of people who are fully baptized and immersed in faith and in life with Jesus. Why? Because God intended us to be people who are full of resurrection power. But in order for us to be resurrected, we have to die. We have to give up the old man. We have to have no plan B. We have to slaughter our oxen and burn our plows. And that is what baptism is. Baptism into the life and into the death and into the resurrection of Jesus. And in light of the Super Bowl today, fully immersed, what it means is we're not just fans, we're cheering from the sidelines, we're just checking it out. We're just watching people. We're just going to church. No, it means we are the church. It means we are on the team. We are moving the ball forward on the field. We are doing whatever it takes for the win. And that means what matters for eternity. So I wanna tell you today, make your life count. Not just for immediate pleasure, not just for what feels good right here in the moment, not just for comfort, not just for entertainment, not just for what feels safe and secure, not in our finances or our relationships or our jobs or our careers. We were called to be dangerous to the enemy. We were called to be audacious, to go for the win, to do whatever it takes, to move the ball down the field, to be baptized, to be fully immersed. Will you stand with me today? right here in this house. God, we know that you sent your son Jesus for a purpose, for a reason. You knew, God, that every single one of us was gonna be in this room right now today and tuning in online to hear this message. And God, I pray that right here in this moment, we would embrace the gospel of Jesus that you have called us to, that you have called us to be baptized, to be fully immersed, 
to go to the death of our old self and to be raised to life in Christ. God, we know that you have called us to a life of resurrection power, to no longer live a dead life where we are just out for our own comfort and our own entertainment. And Lord, I pray over everybody in this room, everybody who's tuning in online, even people who are gonna listen to this message down the road. God, I pray that if there is something in our heart, in our life that we have withheld from you, that we have tried to hold on to for our own sakes, God, that we would relinquish it at the foot of the cross, that we would let it go, that we would slaughter our oxen and burn our plow. We would not look back, but we would fully embrace the life that you have called us to live. God, we know it's only by your goodness and it's only by your mercy that we can embrace this gospel of baptism. And Lord, we just pray right here in this moment as we come together and we're gonna sing this song that you will listen and that we will worship you and we will recognize it is by your mercy and by your goodness and by your kindness that we can have a story, that we can be fully alive in you, amen. Hey, let's worship together for one more song. So glad that my freedom 
wasn't based on what I've done, but His goodness and mercy be, and the power of the blood. grateful today for the blood of Jesus, that it's not on our behavior or what we do or what we earn or how good we are, but because of his blood, because of his mercy, 
we can be alive. And if you're sitting here today and you say, man, I feel something in my heart. I don't know if I've made that decision. I, I kind of like what you're talking about, but I've kind of just dipped my toe in. Maybe you haven't even gotten to the toe dipping part. You can make that decision right now, right here in this moment where we're gonna pray over you and we're gonna cheer you on because I don't want you to leave today and say, well, that was a cool word, but not be changed. And so if that's you in this moment, what I'm gonna ask you to do is you're gonna raise your hand to pray that prayer of total surrender to Jesus, that you're gonna be all in, that in that moment with Jesus at the cross, you're saying there's no plan B. If that's you and you wanna be sure that your life is gonna count for eternity, right now here in this moment, would you raise your hand? Cause we're gonna pray for you. We're gonna pray together all over the room, even for people who are tuning in online. You can pray this prayer with us just to make that decision in this moment to say, I'm gonna be all in. I'm gonna be fully immersed. I'm gonna be baptized. If that's you, raise your hand and pray with us this prayer right now in this moment of surrender. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to the cross where you gave your life so that I could live mine. So I lay down my life. I die to the old self. I'm slaughtering my oxen. I'm burning my plow. I'm going all in, all in with you, Jesus. Lord, help me to become the person that you really created me to be. Amen. Hey, can we give it up for the people who just made the decision to change their life forever for all of eternity? If people can cheer on their team and spend millions of dollars for the Super Bowl, we can cheer on the people of God in celebration that people's lives are being changed for all of eternity.